Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for this epiphany of our Lord is from St. Matthew, the second chapter, when he writes, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. This is our text. Dear Christian friends, The word epiphany, as you well may know, means to reveal, or to make known, or to make manifest. And I think nothing in the world reveals and makes known better than light. So figured a certain hired farmhand back in the days before electricity was so widely used for our lamps and our lights. Something I think we were all sorely reminded of this last week when it was gone for most of us. So it goes, a tight-fisted old farmer was was taking his hired man to task for carrying a lighted lantern into the barn. As he called on his best girl, the old farmer exclaimed, Why, when I went a court and I never carried one of them things around, I always just went in the dark. Yeah, said the hired man, and look what you got. For better or for worse, light makes for the best epiphanies. Light has been the privileged agent our Lord has used From the beginning, it seems, to introduce some of his most glorious work, for it was indeed in the beginning, when it was created first to shed itself on the wonders, soon to take shape. In a pillar it preceded his chosen Hebrews, out of Egypt and through a dark sea. It formed, rather it in the form of concealed torches, it was unveiled, remember, by Gideon and his 300, just before they routed the sleeping enemy host, and remember that it was light. It was light that was breaking just as the glory of the resurrection was being made known to the world. And so it's no wonder then that our Lord used just a bit of light to make his birth known too, known to the Gentiles. After all, this day of Epiphany is called by many the Christmas of the Gentiles. You remember that it was light that drew those Gentile magi from afar. Remember our text? We just heard it. It says that they came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we've seen his star and have come to worship him. Starlight. Starlight. They were drawn by the unique and the alluring glow of his star. Frankly, so are we. But certainly don't look into the heavens to find our epiphany star because it's not there. He hasn't placed it there. He's affixed our epiphany star, this luminary, he's fixed in his church. And he's put it in the hands of his people. I'm talking about his word, that guiding star. And like the unique and the one-of-a-kind glow of the wise men's star, that guiding star, the glow of our epiphany star is quite unique too. Unique because frankly, no matter what other religious star you might wish upon and and in which you might place your hopes, note this, that, that the other stars are all the same. All other stars in the religious sky, they all tell you in one form or another that it's your job. That it's your job to make amends with God, to make satisfaction with God and make reconciliation with God and appease the wrath of God that our sins and all of our offenses and you know that they are many that they've all incurred and justly so 
And that's the truth. All but one of the stars in the religious sky, they all shine with the same lackluster dimness. In fact, the great Lutheran theologian of, of the late 19th and early 20th century, Francis Pieper, he noted that there are really only two religions in the world. Those of works that tell us what we ought to try to do to make reconciliation with God. Those of works and one of grace that makes known to us that God has done all the reconciling for us. He, he sent his son. And so in him reconciled the world to himself in Christ when he sent God his son and delivered him into the black hole of Calvary's cross. And he did that for us. He did it for us so that all the necessary doing to make things right with God is done. A unique star it is, shining with the brilliance of God's grace. And he makes its rays seen far into the east and into the west and equally into the north and into the south. To the ends of the earth he makes it seen. The allure of God's free grace in Christ Jesus it still draws men from afar and points them exactly to where the Christ may be found. In this regard, we do well to heed the advice of one wise man named Martin Luther and stick with the word. In one of his own epiphany sermons to his German folk, he, he spoke to them as though they were wise men following the star being led by that star. And he said to them, he said, we stick to the word. We stick to the word as to the star and, and do not let ourselves be diverted from it. And it will, the star that it is, it will lead us to the Christ. For Christ, he said, doesn't want to be found apart from that word. If you want to know who the Christ is, and what he's done for you. And after all, that's what Epiphany is about. Revealing who the Christ is and what he's done for you. If you want to know who the Christ is and what he's done for you, then be guided by his word. And not by unpredictable anomalies like our inner feelings or emotions. Things that flare up and burn out like fading stars. The word, Luther said, the word is a trustworthy star that points us straight to the Christ. If you want to know who the Christ is and what he's done for you, then look to the star of Scripture. And if you want to know where the Christ is to be found, then, then also follow, follow that same word. Indeed, wasn't that even how the, the chief priests of Herod and the scribes too? Isn't that how they ascertained where the Christ was to be found? Even they didn't ponder their own notions and root over their their own notions they searched the scriptures they searched his word and the prophets of old namely Micah led them straight to Bethlehem the scriptures of a new testament though they won't lead you to Bethlehem which incidentally means house of bread no the the scriptures of a new testament won't lead you to Bethlehem instead our epiphany star It'll point you to the Christ right here. Right here, right, right here in that supper. Housed in that bread. And cradled in that cup. That's where the Christ and all the forgiveness that he embodies. That's where he manifests himself today for all mankind. 
to behold. And of course, he's located right there in those blessed waters of baptism. And also in the manger of his word, as Luther called it, that's where the star directs us today. And when you think about it, it's awfully gracious of our Lord, I think. It's awfully gracious of our God. We don't have to load up our camels and set out on some rigorous journey, traversing over field and fountain and moor and mountain, following some yonder star until finally we come to where the Christ is. No, risen and ascended and glorified in his wisdom. He says, no, I'll go to them. I'll go to them, he says. How far would you go to reach the Christ child? It doesn't matter. Look how far he's gone to reach you. And the reach and the bounds of God's gracious rays, they have no limit. They shine into the darkest and the farthest off places. No matter how far off you've been, no matter how far off you've been, friend, don't miss the alluring beauty of his word that says to you, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. The allure and the beauty of his word that says to you, but now you who are in Christ Jesus, who once were far off, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ Jesus. Know this for certain, friends, that, that just like the wise men who came to worship him and then returned home, you also, no matter who you are, you too, having come to the Christ and here worshipped in his presence, you too, today, you will leave this Bethlehem too. You will leave with infinitely more than that with which you came. After all, here today, leaving today, your own eyes will have seen, as we later sing, the salvation which God has prepared in the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his church. It is only natural then that in thankful response that like the Magi, we too would, would bring our gifts to him, our best to him. And so we indeed, we indeed bring him our gold as we set aside a portion of our treasures. After all, he is a king. We bring him our gold and in thanks we also offer to him our frankincense as our prayers on behalf of others rise to him who is God as incense. And the sweet aroma of sacrificial service is rendered to him as we give ourselves over to the help and service of others. And in thankful response daily, daily we set before him our myrrh, that burial fragrance as daily we live our lives and we live them to the very end, confessing him to be the one born a sacrifice, whose sacred destiny it was to die and be buried for us and for all men. Friends, today the light of the world shines forth from Cupertino, California, and from every other place where God's people are congregated around the luminescence of his Christ-enriched word and sacraments. 
From here, we're dispersed into the world as little epiphany stars. Perhaps not truly stars, I suppose, for we don't generate our own light, but, but we go from here reflecting that appealing light of God's favor to mankind that has here today shined upon us. Considering this, it's interesting to note the constitution, the makeup, the, the essence of that star that we heard about today in the, in the text. That's long been debated. Was it an aligning of the planets? Some think so. Like others, I tend to think it was especially designed and placed there into the eastern star, into the eastern sky, rather, a special star, which evidently, the text says, went before them and, and led those wise men, even the six miles, not only the six miles from Jerusalem south to Bethlehem, but even, it, the text says, to the very place, the very house where the Christ was. And so what the star was, that question remains an open question for you to decide. There's no doubt, though, that it certainly was God's workmanship. And there's no doubt that God designed the phenomenon in order to draw men to himself. That's how we've been created, too, isn't it? Like that special star, we, too, as Paul writes, are God's workmanship created and designed in Christ Jesus for particular things which God has prepared beforehand that we walk in them. Like the star over Bethlehem, we, we shed his light where he's placed us and where he's put us in the things that we've been given to do. Theologians might call that vocation or our calling. But it's simply the Christian's daily life. In fact, we need not shine over-aggressively in the face of others in order to confess Christ in our lives. We're not told that the star necessarily shined aggressively into the face of the wise men. It simply shined where it was placed, and that's, that's not being less of a Christian. In fact, one time a certain concerned physicist asked the Christian writer C.S. Lewis, he said to him, I want to, he said, I want to be a, a good Christian physicist. How do I do that? And Lewis answered him, he said, well, if you want to be a good Christian physicist, then be the best physicist that you can be. In other words, shine wherever in the sky you've been placed to shine. And if that means a physicist, then be the best physicist you can be. And if that means an engineer, the best engineer, an accountant, or a teacher, a technician, a doctor, an office manager or assistant, a contractor, a clerk, or a cook, or a cashier, or a retired anyone, one of these things, it makes no difference. Be the best that you can be, and in our work, aim for honesty and accuracy and humility in our work that we might, it might be to the good of others. A father mother, husband, or a wife, brother, sister, son, or daughter, grandparent, or grandchild, whatever. In all of these things, in your calling, let your light so shine before men, wherever you've been placed to shine, that they may see the radiance of God's grace and his love reflecting in our lives, and seeing it, they may too glorify our Father who is in heaven. And drawn by the light, should they come and ask you, where is he who has been born 
for me? Then you guide them like a star. You guide them to where he may be found, to the new Bethlehem of his word and his sacraments. My friends, in the person of Christ Jesus, the grace of God has illumined your world. And so arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A blessed epiphany to all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.